0: Um, Billy Graham once said, the closer you get to Christ, the more sinful, or the, the more aware of your sinful nature you're going to be. What do we think? It's kind of interesting, huh? Okay, the closer I get to Christ, so the closer I get to perfection, the more aware I am of who I actually am. Crap. I see a lot of people, and this has nothing to do with my message, I see a lot of people like, oh, my gosh, I'm still struggling with sin so much. Now you're just a little bit more aware of it. Right? You're just more aware of it. That's the fact of the matter. Like a lot of us think, oh, my gosh, I, I wasn't as sinful until I started understanding who the Lord is. And then you're like, man, I am bankrupt. And then you realize how in need of a king that I actually am. How in need of a savior that I actually am, right? Have you guys ever thought of it that way? I've never thought of it that way. I just heard it. I was scrolling Instagram Reels, and boom, Billy Graham pops up because my Instagram Reels are very spiritual because I'm a pastor. Or the ones, ones, yeah. (laughs) What was the best one I sent you, dude? There was a really good one where the, the the guys like dancing.
1: That was
0: about you not remembering when I told you to get Yeah, I love that one. That one. <laughs> it's okay. Anyone who has seen the true reflection of God is deeply convicted of his own sin. Remember Peter said, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. Remember that? No? Okay. You guys are engaged tonight? Woo! Okay. This is going to be struggling if you guys are wet wood tonight. The fact that we become aware of our sin and feel guilty about it is a sign of the Spirit moving on our behalf. And that, everybody's like, oh, I've never heard the Lord's voice. Well, actually, you have. One, you've maybe at least read one scripture in your entire life. We call that the voice of the Lord. Yes? Yes? yes. Okay, this, is, this shouldn't be foreign. If it is, like, man, maybe we should go back to Sunday school. Then we can, like. But Natasha's telling us to grow up. I think that was a really good word, Natasha. So here's my actual message. You ready?
1: Yes.
0: I was thinking this week, how do I set the table fit for a king? How do I set the table fit for a king? Jesus, throughout his entire ministry, sat and set out of tables right? Can anybody list a couple? I'll bail you out because I have a list. But help me out. You've read your Bible. You've been at church maybe once. Where is Jesus sat at a table? Come on. Okay.
1: Huh? I'm,
0: I'm you no, know, no, sorry. Maybe I should describe it a little different. The, uh, this is so annoying. Oh. <laughs> Stories in Scripture. Like, here's one. I'll give you one for example. Sorry, I didn't explain it well enough. This is, uh, when uh, Jesus invited himself over for Zacchaeus, at Zacchaeus' house, right? He sat at a table. Now you understand what I'm going after. What else? Um,
1: the lady with the alabaster
0: jar. Oh, that's a really good one. That's our main Scripture for tonight. What else? Last Supper. Ooh, she got a good one. Mary and Martha, Lazarus. Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Okay. Cool. Yes, I agree. And Mary and Martha, even more so. Martha's making sandwiches and pissed off with Mary. <laughs> right? Isn't that a weird story? Martha was setting a table Jesus wanted nothing to do with. Whoa. That's jacked up, Jesus. Okay, what else? After
1: the ultimate, he was sitting Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Great. Great. Keep them going. I know. You're like, oh, frick, I came here just to listen. Right? What else? Yeah. Multiple times. Actually, the alab- who, who said the alabaster? You said the alabaster. Actually, that was a uh, Pharisee dinner. They hosted that dinner, which is crazy. And there was another one that they hosted where the, uh, the guy with the dropsy and the swollen face, that's all it that was. Weird miracle Jesus did there. Okay. Okay.
1: What was the event
0: that Jesus uh, stood up and said that I'm of God or whatever, something like that? He you called himself out as Messiah? Was that at a table? Anybody want to help me out? That was not on my list. No? Okay. It Was a good event it was though. At a dinner, I was it? So
1: it's a dinner. It was to a, woman in Samaria. a woman at the well. No, okay. Maybe I'm Do you, of yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, good. Event.
0: Nice. I'm of Thank you. Like
1: a... yeah.
0: Maybe the wedding? There was tables there. Right? Jesus told his disciples to make tables when he was feeding the 5000, right? What's another one? Nicodemus yeah that was over a table yeah it probably looked like maybe they were at like monk and mongoose and sitting at that table what about when Jesus washed people's feet That was at a table yeah there was some comfort food what about when Jesus flipped tables he was like screw this table flipped it right So there's a lot of tables through scripture. Yes? Okay, we talked about just Jesus' timeline. Well, What about Old Testament? Do we know any in the Old Testament where there was tables involved? You're like, why is this dude talking about tables? It'll make sense, I promise. You'll get used to this. In the Old Testament, how did they set up the tabernacle? All sorts of different tables, right? The The purification table where they would wash. The uh, table of showbread. All of these different tables in the tabernacle. Yes? You with me? What does Proverbs say about tables? Proverbs actually talks about tables as writing something upon your heart. The table of your heart. Isn't that interesting? Proverbs 7.3 talks about writing truth on the tables of your heart. What does Psalms... Talk about tables with. We know that, you know, the love. The, uh, uh, oh, sorry if you like love. I don't. It's okay. I don't think less of you because you like it. It's okay. I just don't like it. Um, uh, the, the Caleb verse where it's like, oh, he sets a table in the presence of my enemies. Right? We know that scripture, right? All these kinds of different tables all through scripture, and there has to be an importance to them. Yes? so that word table actually translates better into tablet into tablet not like an ipad but like tablets a tablet that you write something it's the same word used when Mo- when moses came down with the 10 commandments so on tablets that's the same word for this table word kind of interesting yes in 2 Corinthians 3.3, 3, it talks about how the old, uh, the old covenant came in such a glory, how much more with a spirit, with Holy Spirit dwelling in us, how much more will that be? That's talking about the tablets of our heart, the table of our heart. So how do I set a table fit for a king? How do I do that? What does that look like? There's almost like a picture of if there is, if this table was a little bit higher and there was chairs all the way around it, and that's a picture of your internal world, like your inner being, your soul, your spirit, whatever you want, I call it internal world because it sounds mystic and I'd like to be (laughs) kind (laughs) of, okay, if that was my internal world, what's sitting at that table? Who am I allowing to sit at that table? Am I allowing, you know, oh, the, the cliche thing that we talk about a lot at, at church is, the, oh, am I allowing fear to sit at my table? Well, it's actually you who's allowing it, <laughs> right? All of these different things. Who are you? Who's your sphere of influence? that's sitting at that table. Why are they? Why am I allowing? Who's, a, who's at that table? What does it look like? What conversations are happening in my internal world table? That's what we're going after tonight. How do I set a table fit for a king? You with me? This is a pretty good intro. It's pretty
1: good.
0: Like, come on. One of my best. You're like, dude, this guy. So a couple examples. I, I, again, I just want to lay a foundation so that we can go places tonight. Is that okay? You guys still with me? Yes. All right. Don't look at me blankly because I'll ask that. All right. You'll be like, why is he asked that so much? Because somebody in the room is looking at me blankly. <laughs> tables throughout Scripture. Exodus. It's talking about the tabernacle. First and second Kings is talking about people of honor would sit at tables. First Kings were places where prophets would prophesy at tables. We talked about Psalms. We talked about Proverbs. And the prophets, you know, Jeremiah, Malachi, all those, those books, Isaiah, yes. The prophets' tables were prepared. All of these different things. And I, I, I know I'm starting off a little bit heady, but we'll get somewhere. What are tables used for today? Why do you have tables in your house? What are they used for? Dinner. Dinner. Great. Thank you. Community. Huh? Community. Community. Great. He's going a little bit deep. Great. Cool. What else?
1: Stack my stuff
0: on. Yeah. <laughs> so don't it away. Yeah. Yeah. And. Puzzle. Yeah. I won't get started on that. What? Puzzles. Puzzles. Yeah. Great. I like it. Every time I would go to Vail when I was a kid, we'd start a puzzle. And I'd never finish it. That's probably why I'm so jacked up as an adult. Just joking. I'm pretty solid. What else? Madison said storage. What else?
1: Huh?
0: Games. Games. Good. OK. So community, we could have board games, right? Settlers of Catan, I'll beat you. What's the other one? Take it to ride. I always win that one, too. I like playing games that I win. <laughs> we use tables for work, right? Sometimes, you know, the real trendy thing is standing tables now.
1: Oh, oh for, for um, tools. Tools, yes. Making stuff, building.
0: Yes, workbench kind of thing, yeah, great. Any others? Discussion? Tables are used for coffee? I love coffee. So what am I getting at? Jesus used tables. Old Testament used, used tables. And now we use tables. So there must be something significant around this thing. And how important it is. And the, the interesting thing is, okay, we believe in the entirety of Scripture, yes? Even sometimes how weird it is. <laughs> Why did he kill all those people? I don't know. <laughs> okay? We'll get to it later maybe. Right? But we take all of Scripture. And we say, okay, Old Testament still for today, yes? Aside from the sacrifices and killing of lambs and goats, unless you're into that. Just making sure we're on our toes. Old Testament, New Testament, he still used tables, yes? And now today we still use tables, so we have to take it for the entirety of what we're going after. Obviously, we believe in the full truth of the Bible, but we also need to take into account our life experience for today. Does our life experience come first? No, it has to be scripture first and then our life experience can attach to it, which is good. It's a pretty cool thing. Yes? With me? Okay. How do I set a table fit for a king? We all want to set tables worthy for a king to sit at. Correct? Correct? We can use our our voices tonight? Yes? Yes? Okay, great. We all want to set tables worthy and fit for a king so that he feels welcome at that table. Yes? The true call of an apostle was, it's actually Jesus stole that term from the Romans. You might know this. He stole this term from the Romans and and, and an apostle in the Roman army, in the Roman government culture, was somebody who was sent into a region to take over that community Yippee, yeah? And change the culture enough so that the Roman king could come to that place and feel at home. Okay? So how does that apply to me and you today? Well, we are to be, don't crucify me, we are to be apostles of Jesus Christ. Right? We're like, oh, well, disciples is good enough, isn't it? Now, I believe there's another layer. There's more. Disciples, is, you follow Jesus, which is great. I love that. But what, what is an apostle? That, we take his cultures, his his values, and we implement it into our lives so he feels fit. So what does that mean for my internal world? Well, it means exactly that. I implement his cultures, his truths, so he feels welcome in me. Right? Some of you are frustrated tonight, saying, oh man, I don't even know the Holy Spirit's actually in me. Well, maybe we need to change the decor a little bit. <laughs> maybe we need to change our culture a little bit inside of us. Maybe we need to set the table fit for a king. Are you with me? Have you ever thought of it that way? We actually need to change who we are to make him feel welcome. Right? I was filled with the Spirit when I was 17. I was. And it was great. It was awesome. I had no idea what happened, because I didn't grow up spirit-filled. I didn't. I went to my youth leaders, and they told me I was (laughs) demon-possessed. I was like, oh, great. (laughs) Now i got to deal with that. (laughs) I'm already very confused, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. They told me I was demon-possessed. I was confused. I said, all right, great. I will dive in. I'll try to get rid of this demon by reading the word. Did it work? No, it may it increased it. <laughs> so so what I'm telling you is sometimes he invites himself. Sometimes you invite him. Sometimes he creates the table. Sometimes he flips to the table. I believe he's going to do one of those works tonight in each and every single one of you tonight. There's going to be some tables that are flipped over in your internal world. There's going to be some tables (laughs) that are going to be repurposed. You once used it as storage. (laughs) Now it's fit for a king. You get it? Yes? Okay. Turn to Philippians 4, verse 4. Having fun? We okay? Okay. No? Okay, great. Off to a good start. Philippians 4, verse 4. What am I reading to? My notes say verse 9. It says this Everybody there? If you're there, say Zoe. Zoe. So only two people are there. Great. All right. We'll give you more time. (laughs) All right. No, well, nobody wants to play with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let the reason, oh my gosh, let your reasonableness be known to everybody. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanks, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard all of your hearts, all of your minds in Christ Jesus. That is our umbrella verse for tonight. <laughs> Why? We need to understand the overall full truth, fundamental truth of who Jesus is. That he's holy, he's pure, he's perfect, lacking in nothing. All of these things, this is our umbrella tonight, okay? So if you forget, read that verse again in the middle of the message and say, oh yeah, I need to remember that, okay? And if you're taking notes, write it down. Let me find where I'm at in my notes. A table is where we abide and where we allow things to be seated in our lives. What I want to present to you again is that table. What am I allowing to sit at the table in my internal world? Who am I allowing? Why am I allowing those to be seated? And how do I seat things at the table? Or maybe how do I remove (laughs) people or things from that table? Okay? You with me? Sometimes we give the Pharisees and the religious leaders a hard time, but did you know that the Pharisees invited Jesus over for dinner and for conversations? They invited him over for a meal. We all, whether you want to admit it or not, are at least some sort of religious person. But no, Lex, I'm a follower of Jesus. That's all I am. No, you're religious, and that's okay. I'm a religious leader. Okay? If you've talked about Jesus, you're somewhat of a religious leader. So give them some slack. Okay? Not fully, but give them a little bit of slack. Because we all, whether we want to admit it or not, have Jesus in some sort of box tonight. And we have some sort of agenda tied to it, whether we want to admit it or not. Okay? We try to loose that. We try to expand all of these things, which is good things, but we need to come to terms that we have put him in in some sort of box. Okay? Okay? Okay. Now, now, Nicodemus came to meet Jesus. And they talked about flesh of flesh, spirit of spirit. And Luke 14, the Pharisees invited Jesus over as well, that man with the dropsy. And another, which is our main context, and then we're going to have a lot of fun for the rest of this, okay? Turn to Luke 7, verse 36. 36. Everybody there? Yep. Yep. You there? Say Madison. Madison. There we go. Now we're getting it. So this is the alabaster lady. Who wants to read this? You're going to hear me talk for a little bit longer. Who wants to I'll read it? it? Yeah? Okay. okay, read loud so I can hear you.
1: Okay. He did not honor me with oil for my head, but she rubbed my feet with her sweet-smelling oil.
0: You're starting in 36? Oh, I thought
1: you said 46, I'm
0: sorry. Nope. Man, you gave, you like told us to that best to. part of the story. You started with that? Spoiler alert. Dude, you just read the like back cover. Just forget you even heard that, okay? It's like the crescendo of the story. All right, 36, dude. All right, Dang it. All right, let's just pack it up. (laughs) No, go ahead. I like the confidence when you're reading, though. That's good. Come on. Let's do it, man.
1: We're going to restart. All right. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and took a place at the table. There was a sinful woman in that town. She knew that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So the woman brought some expensive perfume in an alabaster jar. She stood at Jesus' feet, crying. Then she began to wash his feet with her tears. She dried his feet with her hair. She kissed his feet many times and rubbed them with perfume. When the Pharisees...
0: Okay, stop there. Great job. Okay, pretty cool, yes? Why is that such a significant story? Is it just because it's like cute and you're like, oh man, that's how I want to (laughs) be? Is it like super kind of Disney of us? Like, oh man, what a sacrifice that he gave. Or that she gave. Why is that so significant? I think we lose sight and we get so numb to these stories, right? Who grew up in the church here? A lot of us, yes? I grew up in the church. Mine was very different than this one. But I feel like we hear these stories and we get so numb to them and we lose like, whoa, what the heck? Okay, so I want to read this again with a little bit more awe, and a little bit more wonder. Okay, can you do that again? Stop at the, at the exact same spot that you did. All right.
1: At forty-six.
0: <laughs> Thirty-six.
1: One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and took a place at the table. There was a sinful woman in that town. She knew that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so the woman brought some expensive perfume in an alabaster jar. She stood at Jesus' feet crying. Then she began to wash his feet with her tears. She dried his feet with the hair. She kissed his feet many times and rubbed them with perfume.
0: What happens when our internal world clashes with our external world? Something like this. When these two things collide and they hit head on, this is what it looks like. A sacrifice... That is beyond comprehension. How many of you, (laughs) all right, this is going to be challenging. How many of you would take all the money in your bank account right now, go buy some perfume, and then pour it on somebody's feet? He hadn't died on the cross yet. He didn't raise three days later yet. He just had some pretty good stories. Let me ask a question again. How many of you would take everything that you had? You have a house. You give it up. Your car, you give it up. All the clothes, except for some, you give it up. Please keep some. Right? Everything that you have, you give it up. You give it up. And you say, I'm going to go buy perfume. And you're like, what? Perfume? You're going to go buy perfume, and you're going to pour it on somebody's feet while you're weeping and dabbing your tears. How many of you would do that? This guy's not proven yet. This dude did not raise from the dead yet. That stone, not rolled away yet. Have we thought about it? This was a huge sacrifice. This was, hey, (laughs) I believe who he says he is. Do you believe who he says he is? You see, the thing is, we're spoiled, man. We are so spoiled. We get to see the entire story. Yes? We get to see A to to, uh, Y, right? Because Z hasn't technically happened, right? Because he's not back yet. You get it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, All right. right. That's Z. Okay. Because he is. Yeah, you get it. Okay? We get to see, well, actually, we get to see B to Y. We, haven't, we didn't even get to be a part of A, <laughs> right? It's crazy, which I'll, I'll bring that message another day because it's a dope message. I've got it already, <laughs> all right? <laughs> but B to Y, we've seen it. We saw all of the prophetic. It says, hey, he's coming. This is what it's going to look like. He affirmed it, even down to the donkey, right? He affirmed it, all of it. We've seen it all. And we're reading this story like, of course, of course I would do that. It's Jesus. Well, hold on. You've seen why. She had it. But yet we still struggle of saying, well, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to give everything. I don't think I want him. Right? You all have thought it. And if you're saying, no, no, I've never thought that, you're lying to me. I like the money I make. I do. I would love to go buy one of those Wagoneers. They're pretty cool. Sorry, Keelan. It's a Jeep. I would love that, right? We all want all of that stuff. i like, man, I worked my, you know, for it. I want it. But she literally said, hey, I trust who he says he is. Do we trust enough who he says he actually is? Or are we just like, yeah, I mean, I would if he was actually in the room. He is in the room. He's in the room. Right? The thing is, and remember this, because this is going to be my big, I'm going to the closing line of my message here. There's only two people who left smelling the same way at this feast. Jesus and the lady. Those were the only two people who left smelling the same, same right? Everybody else may have gotten a, a whiff of it, but both of them, when they walked out the door, they smelled the same way. That's who we're supposed to be, correct? Scripture says that we are the essence or the fragrance of Christ. That's the dream. But we're like, wait, hold on. I saw those shoes. And I really want those. And that takes my gaze off of him. Not saying that shoes are from the devil. Just stop. Okay? Unless, the, what was that weird? Yeah, dude, he pushed the limits on that one. Yeah, straight up. That was a weird time. Yeah. I'm glad that that's over. Now we just got to deal with Kanye and Adidas. Poor Kanye. What was I saying? Not from the devil. Shoes aren't from the devil. Great. <laughs> but do you get it? Right? That new guitar is not from the devil. But hey, why? Why do I need a new guitar? I already have five. <laughs> or if you're Benji, you got ten. Just joking. You understand what I'm saying? If we all went to a Mexican restaurant after this and then Zoe ordered fajitas... Which fajitas are good. And we were all sitting at that table. We would all leaving, leave smelling like Zoe. Right? Because she had the fajitas in front of her. We would all leave that place smelling like that. <coughs> yes? You're like, what the heck? We are to be the essence of Christ. All right. Christian, keep on reading. This story's not over. You're like, man, this is okay. Go ahead.
1: When the Pharisees who asked Jesus to come to his house saw this, he thought to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know that the woman who was touching him is a sinner. In response, Jesus said to the Pharisee, Simon, I have something to say to you. Simon said, let me hear it, teacher. Jesus said, there were two men. Both men owed money to the same baker. One man owed him 500 silver coins. The other man owed him 50 silver coins. The men had no money, so they could not pay their debt." But the, but the banker told, them, told the men that they did not have to pay him. Which one of those two men will love him more? Simon answered, I think it would be the one who owed him the most money. Jesus said to him, you are right. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? When I came into your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and dried my feet with her hair. You did, You did not greet me with a kiss, but she, but she has been kissing my feet since I came in. He did not honor me with the oil from my head, but she rubbed my feet with her sweet-smelling oil. I tell you that her many sins were forgiven. This is clear, because she showed great love. People who are forgiven only a little will love, will love only a little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The people sitting at the table began to think to themselves, Who does this man think he is? How can he forgive sins? Jesus said to the woman, Because you believe you are saved from your sins, go in peace.
0: Good work. Everybody Tell, thank, say thank you, Christian. Thanks, Christian. You're welcome. <laughs> this is not a message saying you, for you to go sin more so that you can be given, forgiven much. Okay? Okay, don't do that. Don't take it out of context. But what's amazing is what took place at this table. She was not an invited guest at this table. So the first half of this message has all been talking about how do we get Jesus at our table. Maybe the second part, the second half of this message should be how do I get myself at Jesus' table. How do I get myself there? Do I have to get an invitation card (laughs) saying, hey, RSVP here? How do I actually blow up and get to that table? Anybody want to be at his table? Man, that sounds so cool. Right? She was an uninvited guest, but then she was the most honored guest all of a sudden. How? She gave a sacrifice of praise. She gave a sacrifice of saying, hey, He's worth what he asks for. He's worth what he asks for. We need to be more like the alabaster jar in this story. Not more like the woman, not more like Jesus, more like the alabaster jar. Why? Because it carries something worthy, fit for a king. Yes? Are you with me? What if my... What if my world was all just that costly perfume or that costly oil that she then poured out at the feet of Jesus? That's our goal. Every single time we come to church, every single time we open up our scripture, every single time we pray, it should be, how do I pour out my oil as fast as possible? We need to be more like the alabaster jar might seem like a very insignificant thing sitting at the table or a very insignificant thing that she had strapped around her waist or however she was carrying it in. But it was carrying something costly fit for a king that changed the entire agenda of a meeting. Right? Because the Pharisees always had an agenda when they were inviting Jesus over. How can we trick him? How can we make him do something on the Sabbath that he shouldn't? All of these things, right? Yes? But she came, poured out her sacrifice, and said, You're it. You're the one that I've been waiting for. And man, was she right. Man, was she right. When's the last time you were right? Did it feel good? I love being right, dude. Right? I love it. There's nothing more right than saying, All right, I'm going to pour out a sacrifice to the king, I'm going to be more like an alabaster jar. Yes? You see the imagery? You see the picture that, we're, that is painted in this story? Yes? In one moment, Jesus came in and him and that woman left the, smelling the exact same. And she found the good portion. Martha didn't, you know, all of these different people didn't find the good portion, but man, did this lady change and move the heart of Jesus. Right? You guys with me? Makes sense? So what do we do? What do we do? How do I be a person, one, that Jesus feels like he should sit at my table and that it's comfortable for him? It, sounds, it feels familiar to him? right? Feels homey, feels safe for him if I can use that, right? Other, other people describe it as a dove resting on your shoulder, and how would you walk if a bird was sitting on your shoulder? Well, you'd walk very gingerly, very aware of that bird if you didn't want it to fly away, right? Same kind of thing. How do I keep Jesus at my table as the most honored person in the room? And I'm not going to give you the answer. Nobody else can give you the answer. The answer is for you and him. right? My table might be set differently. Why? Because I have my own dreams. I have my own aspirations. I have my own ways of doing things. My own emotions. My own preferences. How do I change all of those things to point to him, right? How do you be a mechanic for the Lord so that he feels like he can sit at that table properly? How do you, right, all of these things how do you nurse for the Lord? Right? Do you get it? So that's first step. How do I get him at my table? Second step, how do I get myself at his? Yeah, yeah what's going on? How are
1: so this week you say you're supposed to watch gingerly keep birds flying away? Last week you were talking about not over focusing on. And then now you're saying you're more
0: focused on it. I'm, I'm looking confused. where does that fit in? I told you not to over-focus on something?
1: Yeah, like you, you used the analogy of carrying a cup of water. and Oh, the
0: yeah. So the purpose of that was what's natural, right? What's natural is the way I actually walk when I have a cup of water. If I start over-correcting, then it spills out. The way I'm des- that I've learned how to walk, it won't spill. It's natural for me. Forget about the over-focusing. Uh, what do I do? Naturally, I should walk in that in confidence. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. You sure? It
1: makes
0: more sense now. OK, good. Shoot. All right. What else? What was I saying that threw me off? Sorry. Step two. Step two. How do I get? At his table, right? How do I get myself at his table as fast as possible? And that's between you and him again, right? Remember, you're adults. You've got to connect some dots. We're adults. In, in youth group, I'll give you—I would give you—you know—three points, and oh, all right, chew on that, you know. But no, hey, come on, we're adults. How do I get him at my table, and how do I get it his? And there's something in being more like the alabaster jar. Does that make sense? We are the aroma, the essence, and the fragrance of Christ. When I walk into a room, somebody should smell me. (sighs) Not because of anything else, but the work that he's doing on me. Right? You know when godly people walk into the room like whoa something just shifted and it's okay to, that's it's not weird it's a real reality you know an, there's an atmosphere shift like whoa all right that dude just walked into that girl just walked into the room whatever it is we are the essence the fragrance of christ we need to start walking more like it we need to start taking this actually seriously not just like oh i go to church. <laughs> Cool, I don't care. (laughs) There's a lot of sinners that go to church. (laughs) There's a lot of jacked up people that go to church. There's a lot of failing marriages that go to church. There's a lot of bankrupt individuals that go to church. There's a lot of porn addicts that go to church. There's a lot of (laughs) jacked up things that happen in the people who go to church. I could care less if you go to church. What needs to happen is you need to take the Lord seriously and say, and ask, ask yourself tonight, I'm going to set the table. <laughs> Is he worth what he asks for? Is he? Again, we've seen the whole story. We've seen everything fulfilled of this one guy named Jesus. Is he worth what he asks for? Or have I, have I drank in the Kool Aid? You know? If he truly is who he says he is, man, he better be worth what he asks for. Otherwise, we're a part of a cult. And you're saying yes to it. Do you get it? Like, we need to take this seriously. We're adults. We're going to be responsible for marriages and kids in the future, you know? Like, man... Is he worth what he asks for? And am I willing to say, Lord, I don't know how, but everything that I have, I want to give it to you. (laughs) I have no idea how, but I want to. And watch him do a work in you. Sometimes we're so afraid of that because of that rich young ruler story. We're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to. (laughs) That's scary, man. That's scary to me if I'm being real. You know, I've got people depending on me i got a kid, you know, that's scary enough as it is. And he depends on me so that he can eat. Right? It gets more serious as we freaking grow it. It sucks. (laughs) You know? It's like, man, everything? Do you sure? All right. Yeah, all right. Is he worth what he asks for? We need to make that decision tonight. Tonight, okay? Like, no, I'm going to go home and dwell on it. I'm going to just pray about it. No, make the decision tonight. Is he worth it? Because if he's not, you're going to be very frustrated in this room week after week. Because I'm going to push you to say, yes, he's worth it. I've seen too much. I've told you guys. I've seen too much for me to turn away. He's worth it to me. So here's the invite. We're going to call this place, this young adults. It's no longer young adults that Encounter. We're calling ourselves Alabaster going to be something that carries something properly. It's going to be beautiful. But again, I'm going to force you and push you into, is he worthy? What he asks for. Okay? So we're going to take a second. Table's set, right? He's invited you to the table tonight. You're here. You're here for a a purpose. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't. He's too big to have coincidences. You're here for a reason. You decided to show up on a day like today. And he's asking you the question, is he worth it? Cool? Take a second. We'll reconvene in a second. Okay? Get alone with the Lord. Get your notes out. Whatever he's putting on your heart, start writing it down. I'm going to activate you tonight. I don't mess around going to just say, okay, here's your sermon. Have a good week. No, that's BS. Is he worthy what he asks for? Take a second.